Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. As always on Wacky Wednesday, I'm Adam Best, here with the golden voice of Sterling Goose Holmes, and producer Richard, as always, doing his thing behind the scenes. We're almost there, baby. Almost there. I know. I am so over speculation. I'm so tired of predicting, because I know the second it hits the day, the second the hour starts, it all goes out the window. What we think no longer matters and what happens, happens. But I like giving what we think is going to happen. It's it's fun to still do, but I just cannot wait for draft day. And I don't know about you. It almost feel like feels like it's gone by quicker because of drafts in Kansas City. Like it feels like we're still celebrating the city of Kansas City, right? And that makes right. it so much fun. It almost makes it feel like the draft day has gotten here a little sooner than normal. Well, playing in the Super Bowl is also part of that. Uh, but <laughs> but I'm going to miss it. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to miss it a little bit when it's gone because it's really – I feel like I've been studying for the bar exam or something. And it's so fun to just come to this every year with fresh eyes and have really no clue what the Chiefs are going to do. I mean, last year there was some speculation about George Karloftis, but like zero speculation about Trent McDuffie because just everyone assumed – well, that's not a Steve Spagnuolo fit. The the height, the arm length, the way he plays. And we got a little bit of a draft day shocker when they traded up to select him. So I, I think that could happen. The other thing that I think could happen that we need to watch out for. Now, I don't know that Pac-Man Jones is the most credible reporter it, 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 you know, in the NFL media scape. <laughs> but he's saying that uh, DeAndre Hopkins to Buffalo or Kansas City is imminent. Uh, we also have uh, a couple other bombshells. Chase Young, the commanders are not going to pick up his fifth-year option. The former uh, first overall pick, uh, superstar edge, went healthy. And I don't think that, that Washington can afford to just let him walk, right? Uh, they got to recoup some value there. So I could see him moving. Brandon Ayuk is a similar situation. I think we're going to see some some huge earth-shattering, out-of-nowhere moves in the next 24 hours. I just can't stop because all I think about when you say Pac-Man Jones is when he goes, I like it to script clubs. I love that. When Roger Goodell's like, we don't want you in a script club, and he was like, yeah, but I went to the script club, and I was just being rebellion. It's the all-time favorite quote. I got to find the exact the exact lyrics or the exact quote he said, but calling it a script club and saying Roger doesn't want me in one, but, you know, he's going to keep going. Uh, you're right. I don't know if that's the most credible source. <laughs> yeah, he's not exactly Rappaport, right? But yeah. nonetheless, I could see something happen with DeAndre Hopkins. I think the Cardinals, Buda Baker also wants out. They're at that three spot where with everything going on with the team, maybe, maybe that roster has less talent on it than any other team in the roster. They kind of control the draft, I think. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I think them, the Houston Texans have a lot, as well as uh, right. being at 2-10, and 10, if I'm not mistaken, 2-10, and 10, and a lot of folks thinking they're going to trade back. I think it might two. be 12. Maybe it's 12. Um, there's a lot of folks thinking that, yeah, I think it's 12. And that a lot of folks think they're going to trade back from 2, but also they could trade up from 12 if they move back too far from 2. It feels like they're in a little wonky spot of, do they want that fourth quarterback? Do they want, whether it's C.J. Stroud, Richardson, Will Levis, who knows, or they're just going to double down on defensive players and take as many guys as they can. Uh, they also have a good chance of controlling that first round. But if you want to talk about 
talk about who really controls the first round. I know where my first round draft pick's going, and that's Casey Beer. Casey Beer Co., uh, we love having them as a sponsor. We love their beer, which makes it even better. Casey Beer Co. came out with an IPA, never say IPA. They said they would never come out with an IPA, so that's where they got the name. Let me tell you, it is damn good. It's damn good. It's just another addition to an incredible lineup of beers that Casey Beer Co. has. I know I will be going to Casey Beer Co. at some point with Patrick when he comes into town. We'll be there. Anyone in the Discord channel who wants to grab a beer with us, uh, hit us up in the Discord. We'll be there at some point, maybe looking like Friday, maybe Saturday. We'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. Uh, if there's a beer that you like, Casey Beer Co. has it. If you want a Hellas, you want a Hefeweizen, you want a Dunkel, you want an IPA, well, guess what? They now have it. Uh, Casey Bierko, dare to beer different. So I didn't want to just do plain old draft crushes. Everybody does plain old draft crushes. So I came up with something, a new segment. It is called the Founders Club. And I am the proprietor. And I am going to escort these 16 VIPs from this class through the secret entrance, (laughs) Goodfellas style, Maybe you, you can't say escort after we've already talked about Pac-Man Jones. Come on now. Well, well, <laughs> not going to argue with you there. Not going to argue with you there. But uh, and maybe Goodfellas is before your time. But there's that that great scene where it's like a two minute shot where they go in the back of the club and everybody knows them. That's the kind of warm welcome we're going to give these guys. Uh, and no projected top picks allowed. No guards, centers, linebackers, or safeties made the list due to team needs. And we probably could pick a safety. I just don't really like the safety class. So there's no safeties on here. And as we go through it, feel free to stop me with questions. I have Dane Brugler's beast open and ready, you know, ready to look at if we need uh, a question answered. But I've got, uh, I've got some notes in these guys. So we're just going to rip through them and uh, you ready to go. Let's rock, baby. Of course, with me, we're going to start with wide receiver. And the first is Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. You guys know I've been talking about him. I think he's become a little bit of a Chiefs Twitter darling. And I wonder if that started on this show. Just saying. I think it might have, honestly. But he he would be the perfect power slot replacement for Juju Smith-Schuster. I've gushed about him enough already. So let's just move on unless you have any questions about Jonathan Mingo. I think you're you're pretty familiar as well. Yeah, you're you're starting to sway me. I'm I, I'm definitely intrigued to put it mildly about Jonathan Mingo. The next one is Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Speaking of selling, Matt Harmon, who was on the program last week, really sold me. Started digging into him. Love what I see. He's got that kind of Stefan Diggs light vibe to him. And a little bit of Terry McLaurin too. So he's not like the traitsiest guy, but he's not the smallest guy either. So I, I think those guys that are just kind of good at everything, technicians, they kind of they kind of slip through the cracks when it comes to NFL media, the NFL teams. I think he's going to be a third-round pick, and two years from now, just like with McLaurin and Diggs, everyone's going to say, how did this happen? So I, I really get that feeling. I'm going to yeah. throw in one guy at wide receiver, and it actually goes with the question I got from Trevor. Uh, appreciate it, Trevor. Thanks for the question. Hey, Sterling, what kind of draft move would make you want to celebrate with a wine tip, black and mild? How do you know? 
that I love wine tip black and mild. That's the go-to. If I'm going to smoke a black and mild, you better believe it's wine. That's the go-to. Uh, but Cedric Tillman at 63, I, th- I think that would make me want to bust one of those out, that or a cigar, uh, either one. I- I'm really high now on Cedric Tillman. I think he's a good fit for this offense. I think he's the traditional X. You you heard it from Matt Harmon last, uh, last week when he was talking about he might be the best X wide receiver in this draft. So right. I, I'm all in on Cedric Tillman. If, he, if he's picked at 63, I, I'm stoked. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The next one, let's go to running back. And instead of picking Jameer Gibbs in the first round, I've already teed off on that a ton. We don't need to do it here. And we'll we'll ask our guest who we have coming in later about that. But I like Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. He's Eastern Carolina. He's not a guy that can take a lot of reps, but he's sort of a tiny bundle of dynamite, crazy uh, 10-yard split at the combine. Shades of, I think he's better than this player and, and more pro built for the pros but shades of DeAnthony Thomas. And he had the second highest yards per carry in FBS. I really like him. And I love that you can probably get him fifth round, sixth round. And then the other guy on my running back, uh, running back wish list is Chase Brown from Illinois. He's going to go a little bit earlier, but he is more of a true Jarek McKinnon replacement. Uh, made great strides as a receiver and in pass pro last year. He had the top vertical and broad jump among all running backs. So you know he's got burst, impressive work ethic. And for all our Canadian listeners out there, he's one of two Canadians on this list, believe it or not. Oh, Canada, get your get your uh, milk in a bag, eh? Uh, for, for me, I think Deuce Vaughn. I really like Deuce Vaughn. Um, I get it. Maybe it's the K-State connection and seeing what he's done there. Are there a lot of questions about Deuce Vaughn and his his body type and can he hold up in the NFL? I mean, he's 5'5", 179 pounds. But I'm not saying he's going to be a guy that gets a lot of carries or a guy that's going to be protecting Patrick Mahomes' blind side like Jared McKinnon did when Orlando Brown Jr. was a turnstile. But what I do think he brings is an explosiveness when he gets the ball in his hands, Andy Reed could draw up some phenomenal plays with Deuce Vaughn. While he is small, he's very strong. Uh, he has the ability to make dudes miss, and he's not afraid to go up the gut. Like It's not like he's a small guy who only goes to the outside. He'll go in the middle where he gets lost. It's great to see. I think Deuce Vaughn in the fifth would be a guy I'd be looking at. I wish he was a little faster. It always scares me 
I always say you can be small, you can be slow at running back, but you can't be both. And while I wouldn't say he's slow, I also wouldn't say he's necessarily fast. I think he's quick, though. I, I think he's game fast. Like some dudes can run a Darius Hayward Bay or John Ross. Like, congratulations, but what can you do? Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think, ran a 4-5. Deontay Johnson, I think most people in the NFL would consider it fast or extremely quick. Like, that's where I kind of think Deuce Vaughn fits in. It's his, you know, just straight 40 line very fast. Maybe not. But I think he's quick and can make guys miss. I think to me personally, that's more important than anything. Sure. He's got good vision and patience. And if he's even 70% of what Darren Sproles was, that is enticing, right? The, the hard part is if you look at those athleticism profiles, everyone loves to point to Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles was a freak athletically. Absolutely. Um, Deuce Vaughn's not quite there. Not quite there. Nope. But speaking of athletic freaks, this tight end class has a lot of them. And you have swayed me. I, I am super high on Dalton Kincaid. I am absolutely positive he's going to be a star in this league if he can stay healthy. But I think in round two, maybe even slipping into round three, you have two guys who will give you 80% of that. And if you can, that, that's just better value, I think. And those two guys are Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, who is the fastest tight end in this class. And, and he, um, the Senior Bowl tracked his miles per hour faster than anybody they've ever had at the Senior Bowl in, at his position. And then you have uh, Sam Laporta of Iowa, who is also uh, plays, runs like a smaller man, but, but has a beast mode to him. And though I don't know what they have in the uh, the water there at Iowa, but they are cranking out tight ends. That's the school that uh, Hawkinson went to, Kittle, Noah Fant. So uh, I'm I'm pretty high on him too. I think these guys would be receiving tight end one in most cl- uh, classes. Both would be incredible Kelsey proteges. And one more name I'll throw at you. He's not officially on the VIP list, but he'd be a great consolation prize. Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State, the same school that produced Dallas Goddard. They're, they've kind of got a tight end pipeline, pipeline of their own. Sterling, where are you at with us selecting a tight end, not in round one, but but maybe two or three? I'd be more apt to say yes in round two or three. I think Laporta obviously is the guy I'd, I'd look to, but I just don't like super high draft capital on a guy that realistically isn't going to play a ton. The snap count, snap share just isn't going to be there, even for the amount of 12 personnel and 13 personnel the Chiefs run. I don't see the value that the Chiefs, if they drop to wide receiver, is going to get a good amount of run, especially this year. Uh, tackle, they'll get run. Edge, they'll get run. I just don't see them getting a ton of snap counts behind Travis Kelsey and, frankly, the slight emergence of Noah Gray. I'm comfortable at tight end for all the people like, well, when's Travis Kelsey going to retire? Does he look like he's slowing down? Are you going to draft a guy to sit behind him for three years? No. I mean, like by the time that second contract comes around, you don't know what you have in him. I think they're fine at tight end behind Travis Kelsey. Um, I just don't see the value personally. I'm a little lower on Noah Gray. I don't think he's ever going to be a true starter in this league, which is fine. You look at where he was drafted. You shouldn't expect him to be. Jody Fortson is a fun story, 
but he's a he's a tight end three. That's what he is. Who's who showed a a lot of determination sticking in the league. I, I'm really rooting for him, but his ceiling is capped. And I think there's more opportunity for a tight end two in this offense than almost anywhere else in the league. That was kind of their their secret weapon in the Super Bowl. I think they should lean into it more. And the counterpoint there is, well, Sky Moore was a receiver. He didn't play either last year. Yeah, so, but, Ju- but Juju and McCall Hardman are gone. Sky Moore is going to be getting a good amount of run this year, and you but, know it. But will a rookie receiver this year also get a redshirt year? Maybe one, but it's not going to be three. Unless you think Travis Kelsey is legitimately about to fall off a cliff, which I don't see happening anytime soon. I know maybe I'm naive. I get it. Maybe I have too much faith in Travis Kelsey drinking from the fountain of youth, but he had maybe his best season ever last year in the NFL. He did. And if you want to take some some reps off him, I, I will understand it, but I just don't see the snap count, the snap share making any sense over the next few seasons to make a high draft pick of a tight end worth it. Gotcha. Let's move on to a position that I think we both can agree on, and that is offensive tackle. We're looking for a right tackle. So I have three guys here on my list. Two of them will be available, I believe, in the second round, maybe third round. Uh, Matthew Bergeron of Syracuse, he's kind of a technician. He's played both spots, never gets beat ugly. He's the other Canadian. His, uh, his first language is French. It's going to remind some Chiefs fans of a former tackle we had in Kansas City. LDT. Uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, the second one is Nick Saldaveri out of Old Dominion. He can play any line spot. He's cerebral. He uh, plays with fire, has the requisite link, uh, length. Excuse me. I like him too. Either one of those guys have a shot to come in and start at right tackle. And then Jake Witt from Northern Michigan. I am really excited about him. He's my favorite lottery ticket. You have to stash him. He's a project. It, you know, he's really raw. It's going to take two or three years. But his athleticism ranked 27 out of almost 1,300 tackles since 1987. Mm-hmm. And he's got a long frame to fill out. He recently was a tight end like two years ago. He runs like a 4840 or something. So he's a really enticing project. And I, I think the Chiefs would be wise to think down the road to try to keep that line cost controlled, like much like the uh, Philadelphia Eagles did with Jordan Milata, right? Yeah. Uh, before we get to defense, we'll have a special guest on. And before we get to him, want to give everyone a, a little promo here. If you go to FanDuel and use code Arrowhead, get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. Again, code Arrowhead at FanDuel, no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. $10 first deposit required. New customers only 21 plus and present in Kansas. Gambling problem? 1-800-522-4700 Kansas. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com or in the description below. Well, today's guest is a, I describe him as a rising star draft analyst. I think he just got into Kansas City, so really thankful uh, for him giving us his time, making a real name for himself with hustle and being sort of a human draft almanac. Player Profilers, Cody Carpentier, welcome to the show. What's up, fellas? I appreciate you guys having me on as always. And as you alluded to, just got boots on the ground in Kansas City. And uh, so I'm a a few minutes late, but we made it. We're here. Uh, I appreciate you guys. What have you you seen so far? Have you had a chance to go actually check out Kansas City and Union Station where the draft's being held? Because let me tell you, I was down there this morning. 
It's going to be crazy. <laughs> I haven't. I we literally pulled in about an hour ago and went. We had to go to we had to stop at Sam's Club and then we came straight to uh, the Airbnb and had to get locked in and get everything set up in, in in time. So haven't seen nothing yet. But the plan is tonight to go downtown, check everything out, and kind of see around. I remember last year it was in Vegas and I got into Vegas I think on Tuesday night, so I had like twenty four hours early and I got to go to like the, the flag football thing that they have uh, at the high school. I think they had that this morning. That's a very cool event. And then of course it's Vegas. So, I mean, I mean not really much to say there, but um, yeah, I, I can imagine it's going to look, it's going to look pretty sick downtown with uh, the, I, I saw the monument kind of what it was projecting to look like. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. Uh, but before we get to the real questions, Kansas city barbecue one, have you ever tried Kansas city barbecue? No, I have no, never, okay. I've really driven through. I've never stopped. So it's my first time staying in Kansas city. All right. Everyone in the chat, let him know your favorite barbecue spot where he has to hit up. I will say mine. If you go to Gates, make sure you say burnt, a uh, burnt in sandwich lean as make sure you say lean as Okay. They give you the, the burnt in sandwich lean as with the extra, uh, extra spicy barbecue sauce. You're going to love it. So that was the one place that, uh, I got a buddy that, that works for us, a player profiler. His name's Seth. And when I was planning this whole trip for, I mean, there's 13 of us that came out uh, for the trip. And we're planning, you know, where we're going to go and where we're going to have dinner here and where we're going to go there. And basically he's walking me through Casey Joe's, Arthur Bryan's, Q39 and Gates. And Gates, we comped these four spots to four quarterbacks and he kind of helped me walk through it. And the just of it, what I got was that Gates was kind of the Anthony Richardson of the, of, of the Kansas City scene. Am I, am, are we off on that? That's nails, dude. High <laughs> upside. The floor sometimes isn't great, but the upside, if it hits, it's the best in the business. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. I love that. That's exciting. Let's dive into some questions. First off, the Chiefs' biggest need is arguably right tackle. Will anybody still be there at 31, or will they have to wait until day two or three? In your I, I originally thought that Anton Harrison would be there. Um, and as the, the last week has went on, it seems more and more likely that he's going to get pushed up into you know the early 20s or the, or the late teens. Uh, it sounds like NFL teams like him a bit more. Um, I did think that um, going offensive line would have been the focus for the Chiefs, but I think that there is there is room to go later in the draft and, and to and to pick up a tackle. I, I I think you mentioned Jake Witt right before we came on here. I mean that's a Dane Brugler special. He did a deep dive on him over at the Athletic, and that was that was probably one of the if if not the best, it was one of the best write ups I think I've read all spring. Uh, so shout out to Dane. Uh, Witt, Witt's a great project. I think you bring him in, but I think Anton Harrison would be my target if I was the Chiefs, and that's kind of been the guy that I've mocked there a couple times. But I'm just not quite sure if he's going to fall there. Where do you think Darnell Wright goes? Oh, I love Darnell Wright. I think um, right tackle to the to the Jets has been like the spot right when they were at 13. And now that they're at 15, I think he's going to be there, but I don't know. It, it, it's really kind of a toss-up. I could see the Bears doing it at nine. Um, I think somewhere between nine and 15. I think Bears wow. nine or, or, or Jets at 15 is going to be the two spots I'm looking at. So my dream has been shattered of him potentially make it into about 20 to 21. So that's good. Thanks for, uh, for ruining my dream. <laughs> but uh, staying in the trenches, but on the other side, at edge, there's still a need for Kansas City. Who out of the projected first and second round pass rushers are you highest on? Oh, this, this edge class is so special. I think that 
um, maybe not special as far as like top end talent, but I think that there's a, a, a great, great crop of depth all the way down. Um, you know, Kyan White, I think is going to be a guy that he did get invited to the draft today. And I think he fits a couple of measurables for guys in the twenties. So he could be a guy that goes higher. Um, uh, as far as like my favorite goes, I like Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith is, is my favorite as far as the, as far as the entire edge, edge class goes as far as to the chiefs. Is that kind of your main question is kind of focusing yeah, on the chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, so, so kind of when you're looking at the Chiefs, I think you're going to be looking more like the Felix Anudike Uzama from Kansas State, uh, who's a, obviously Kansas State, uh, right? So they should have a good view kind of on him. He's kind of a guy that I think is 100% going to be there at the end of round one. And um, I work a lot with Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch, and we were at the NFL Combine. We asked a lot of offensive linemen from the Big 12 specifically, you know, who is the defensive edge, the edge rusher that you kind of focused on most during the season, it, you know, expecting Tyree Wilson. Nobody said Tyree Wilson. It was all Felix. It was all King Felix. It was all the Kansas State kid, the Kansas State edge. It was it was never Tyree Wilson. And so the Tyree thing, I think, you know, look at the top end. I think that's entirely a projection, but that's a different conversation. I think when you're looking at the at the Chiefs, I think a couple of Big 12 guys, right? Iowa State's Will McDonald and I think Felix Anudike are two guys that you can look at for the Chiefs if you're looking at the end of round one. So Will McDonald is an interesting uh, suggestion. I'm super high on him. Now, on one hand, he's a little light for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They like their edges heavy, but he's very long. He's got the yeah. the arms that Steve Spagnuolo likes. And kind of my personal feeling is they've got strength and motor for days at edge. What they need, they need some speed. They need some juice. Yeah. So that's why I think he would fit. Felix is kind of more like what they already have, maybe a little bit bendier. Is that fair yeah. to say than like a George yeah. Karloftis? Yeah. Yep. I would say, I, 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 you know, if you're thinking, if you're thinking about that high motor, I think Felix fits it fits that high motor build though. And um, I, I think he brings a lot off of the edge as a pass rusher alone. I think Byron Young's another guy from Tennessee. Uh, you could look probably, you know, probably end of second or mid third uh, for him to come off the board. He was a guy down at the senior bowl that I thought had an insanely high motor and insanely high energy. And I think he's an underrated edge rusher. Um, Yaya Diaby from Louisville as well. You know, a little bit athletic guy. Uh, just those are like some more third, fourth round guys. But I think as far as, you know, you're looking for the high, Carl Loftus is pretty high motor too. And I think if you, if you teamed up Felix and Carl uh, Loftus together, I think that'd be pretty solid for the next eight years is, is kind of the thought around Kansas city. Again, this is a, I was on the Bills show last week talking to them about like Gabe Davis and things like that. And it's like, you know, we can only see so much when you're not like indulged in a team, you guys are kind of indulged in the chiefs. Right. Uh-huh. And is the thought kind of with Frank Clark is like, he's not coming back period. Well, when you see a Twitter account, the chiefs Twitter account, basically give him a send off a thanks for being yeah. here. Uh, it doesn't look good. I will say the Eagles did something similar with Darius Slay. And we'll look at, well, what would you know? Darius Slay's back with the Eagles on a long-term contract. I don't think it's for sure set in stone. I think part of my analysis here is Frank Clark probably thought he can get one more decent-sized contract. He's He understands what he's done in the playoffs, and he thinks some team will give him a, another three-year deal. He's only 29 years old, not as old as you might think. But I think the market's probably going to dictate and say, hey, no, you're in that Melvin Ingram, Carlos Dunlap, one to two year at tops type of contract, which means the Chiefs will be back in the conversation. I don't think it's set in stone that he's not coming back, but uh, I don't know how good it really looks. Yeah, I, I, 
I, I, when I saw him, I went to the Super Bowl in Phoenix and kind of covered that from on, on both both teams. And I thought that you know Chris Jones is an animal, but Frank really felt like he had like the the energy of the entire room kind of kind of around him. Right, it was full of everybody: Kelsey, Pat, Pacheco. All these guys are in there, and it felt like Clark just kind of had like the energy of all the media in there. So that's why I was kind of wondering. It was like it, he felt at that point like it was like he's not going to go anywhere else. He's going to stay in Kansas City for you know the, the remainder of his career, and that's kind of why I was like. Going in, I really wasn't looking at edge for the Chiefs. I was kind of expecting offensive line or receiver or something. Um, definitely, that's that's one of those things. Like I asked the Buffalo guy, Buffalo guys last week as about Gabe Davis because it's it seems like from the outside that they hate him, but from their aspect they, that they think he's fine. But yeah, yeah, I, I think one of the things that happens when you build a championship roster, especially an unusual one with this quarterback with a huge contract you can't be too sentimental and it's kind of going to be a revolving door and someone I'm worried we might not be able to afford is Legereus Sneed. Mm-hmm. He might potentially be a goner next off season. So I know cornerback probably isn't on a lot of Chiefs fans radar, but I think they might need to draft a replacement and the chiefs like versatile corners who can play press any natural fits come to mind there. Porter, Joey Porter. Um, Joey Porter is a guy that he he gets kind of a nicked for that a little bit as, as, as far as playing a lot of man. And I don't think that's proper. I mean, when you look at, at teams in the NFL, it's like if you have that island guy and he's he's him, it, it fits and it works for, for a lot of teams. And at this cornerback class, I, I don't love it uh, as far as finding a guy like that. I think Julius Brents is an interesting guy in round two um, that would fit into the Chiefs mold pretty well and, and, and would be able to take over. I, I love Jer- Legereus Sneed, and I think uh, um, that was a fantastic pick a couple of years ago. As far as depth goes in this class, if you're targeting somebody, Darius Rush from South Carolina is a guy that I think should be pushed into round one and would be one guy that I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if now we're talking about cornerback and if that's really what the Chiefs wanted to do is, is to fill up that cornerback room, Darius Rush is a name that you, I think you'd have to entertain in that conversation at the end of round one, even though he's, he's, you know, on the mainstream, he's not getting talked about, but if you went down to the senior bowl, you talk to Jim Nagy and guys like that, you know, they're on the inside circle. He's going to be a top 50 guy. Um, I, I don't feel, I don't feel like that's a round one spot. You, th- you guys think that cornerback is kind of like a, 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 I would say that's probably more like level two or level three of a focus, right? Yeah, I, I would say day three. Yeah. That, okay. That's so. That sounds that sounds good. Then I I think that edge edge definitely would be like my round one, round two. If if you're going to like day three and stuff, Kyle Blue Kelly from Stanford. Kyle Blue Kelly's a guy that he was also down at the Senior Bowl. Very very athletic throughout. He kind of plays a cornerback position like a wide receiver. Um, I think you know he's currently getting mocked at 115 overall. He's from Stanford. That's a guy, Terrell Smith from Minnesota is a, a burner. I think fits in right there. Rajon Wright from Oregon State's another guy that I like on day three from Oregon State. Uh, his brother is down. It's Najon Wright, I believe is his, is his first name, Najon, and this is Rajon. Um, and he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. He's already in the NFL. He's kind of got that mold behind him. But those are just a couple of names that I would kind of keep in mind uh, going into day three. So Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated has linked the Chiefs to Alabama running back Jameer Gibbs, citing that they might even burn a first rounder on him. Uh, If that happens, I will be walking into oncoming traffic. Uh, Bleach doesn't seem like a bad drink anymore. (laughs) Um, I mean, seriously, take Clyde Edwards-Alaire and that draft out of it. Sticking my head in the oven, man. Uh, drafting a first round running back makes no sense. And again, take Clyde Edwards-Alaire out of it. I'm not even going to bring that up. Just the first round positional value of a running back makes no sense to me. But as far as later on, 
later yeah. on in the draft, are there any other dual threat uh, running backs that catch your eye? Some guys who are some pretty solid pass catchers out of the backfield. I mean, Deuce Vaughn, right? Deuce Vaughn's in, in right? That's like the go-to. It's like, it feels yeah. like as far as you're looking for a dual threat guy, his dad's uh, a coach for the Dallas Cowboys. But the problem is he's 5'5", right? He looks like, and everyone hates to do the helmet thing where it's like, oh, well, Darren Spoles from the Kansas State. Well, this is literally maybe the only comp you could possibly make. Danell Pumphrey maybe from San Diego State, I think, is a, is, a, is maybe another comp for him. But like, Evan, uh, sorry, jeez, uh, I lost his name. Deuce Vaughn is a guy that I think would fit really well in there, kind of playing that Jared McKinnon role. I think Evan Hull's kind of your this year's Isaiah Pacheco, but he's more of a pass catcher. He had 55 receptions last year, 88 over the last two seasons uh, for Northwestern. Um, thousand yards 900 yards on the ground him and pacheco kind of are similar prospects in the aspect of being a six seventh round guy from the big 10 super athletic and whole if you you know the gibbs thing's funny to me because you brought up clyde right and that was one thing at player profile that we we, we kind of ran that bit for like two years because we always had taylor ahead of clyde and uh one of my good buddies nate list he had a clyde he clyde over taylor thought it was fantastic to have him go to the chiefs and he was like man that this does not don't do that don't please don't do it don't do it don't do it they did it and uh yeah now we're four years later three years later um i think when you miss on a guy like that come back around hit by hit pacheco in the seventh and then the thought for people to even entertain the idea of Gibbs being a first round pick is like, you just got, you just got gifted the fix. Like you, you messed up, you fixed it. Don't do it again. Go it's back. asinine to me. It's asinine. It's absurd. Would, yeah. It's absurd. Okay. First round running back, unless I'm getting Barry Sanders makes yeah, no literally. sense. Seriously, every team has shown its scheme and offensive line more than anything. Look at San Fran. They threw out a plethora of dudes, and it worked. And somehow, they should know better than anyone. They go out and get Christian McCaffrey. Did that move the needle? No, it doesn't. You have to have the quarterback. I I don't want to talk about it too long, so I'll have an aneurysm over here. But no running back in the first round for the Chiefs. It just I mean, you saw like what Jarek McKinnon did for you last year. Like there's t- there's ten of those dudes on the free agent market right now, including McKinnon, right? Like there's this this the depth of this class, like you mentioned, Deuce Vaughn's there, Evan Hole is there. You can keep going. Keaton Mitchell is a smaller guy from East Carolina that runs in the four threes. Like there is, you know, one of my favorite guys is Tyon Evanson Louisville. He's a dog. He's 225 pounds. He's built like a brick, uh, a machine, a, a, a elk. Like he's just a. But he's kind of like the the Pacheco thing. It's a more of a, a ground and pound guy. But if you're looking for pass catching, Eric Gray didn't have a great combine. He ran the four sixes, but he's a great pass catcher. Kenny McIntosh kind of falls into the same thing. These guys are both considered at one time late third, early fourth round picks. Had bad combines, run the four six, but they're good pass catchers. As was Jared McKinnon. They're not as athletic. Uh, Chase Brown also from Illinois. These are these are all guys that are probably going to be day three, uh, just based on testing and kind of performance throughout the process. But the depth, like you're talking about, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia, one of the better pass catching backs in the class. Eric Gray from Oklahoma he had 1,300 yards last season, and at one point was a Devi darling. Which you know, as a freshman sophomore, he was looked at as like this dude's going to be a great prospect when the NFL draft comes around. Chase Brown. Five years at Illinois and just, you know, was given the entire workload this past year and did a lot with it. I think that guys like that, that's why you don't take a guy in the first round. As good as Bijan is, as good as Saquon was, as good as Zeke was, you just don't do that because you can get guys like this that like literally a Deuce Vaughn or an Evan Hole where the athleticism is there with one 
or the uh, output in the receiving game is there with the other. It's You can take two of these guys, and it's going to pay dividends in comparison to drafting a, a guy like Gibbs or even a Bijan in round one when you're staring directly in the eyes of an edge rusher that can take your team to the next level or a tackle that can take your team to the next level or even a receiver where it's going to be uh, – you, you have a much longer career arc with those guys than you do with a running back. Last thing before I throw it over to you, Adam, I apologize for, for bogarting this situation right here. But, for example, if you look at what Christian McCaffrey and his numbers were last year and you look at what the Chiefs did with uh, McKinnon, CEH at the beginning of the season before McKinnon and Pacheco really stepped in, and then plus Pacheco, it took three guys – but they surpassed what Christian McCaffrey did. And people are saying, well, that takes up a roster spot, right? I go, sure, but are you only going to have Christian McCaffrey on your roster? No, you still have two backup RBs behind him. They're just not getting any run. It doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. You're not keeping extra active RBs on the roster. It doesn't matter. Those roster spots are spoken for. It doesn't matter if it takes three guys to get there. They got there. That's the last thing I'm going to say. Best well, to you. <laughs> that team got to the Super Bowl with Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. And, and we got to the Super Bowl with Damian Williams and won it. So it, it, does, it just doesn't make any sense why we ever went down that road. But we did. Let's just pray that we didn't. We don't go down there again. Uh, so you mentioned the Senior Bowl, that you were down there at the Senior Bowl. You were also at the Combine. Is that is that right? Yeah, I was at the Senior Bowl, Combine, Super Bowl, and then like four pro days. Yeah. Nice. So you are definitely like pounding the pavement, you know, got your, got your ear to the grindstone or whatever. Who are your biggest sleepers in this class that you've kind of witnessed firsthand? I mean, Tyon Evans, not a guy. Tyon Evans is not a guy that I witnessed firsthand, but he's definitely my biggest sleeper. I think um, at the running back position, um, he's from Louisville. He's played at Hutchinson Community College. He played at Tennessee, and he played at Louisville. He had 500 yards rushing in each of those seasons, and he's a guy that comes in very high in the dog rating. I have, which is just accumulation of everything off the field. Right? It's a uh, you know the interviews, it's the um, play style, it's how he communicates off the field. Uh, just anything off the field that has nothing to really to do on the field other than his play style. Uh, he's a running back that I love. I think he's going to be a guy that probably goes out the board probably in the fifth or sixth round, but it's a guy that I think has a, a high opportunity to, uh, to break out um, and, and be useful, kind of like you saw out of a Pacheco last year. Uh, Roshan Johnson's kind of a basic level one. He's going to be a guy that ends up going around two, um, but was definitely one where boots on the ground at the senior bowl, um, like I mentioned, Alex Dunlap earlier from Roster Watch, he uh, works for Orange Bloods as well in Texas. And he's been talking to me about Roshan for, like, it seems like two and a half years now, the guy that's behind Bijan Robinson. But he, he, I have him as running back three in this class. Well, uh, we have and- some uh, some experience with a backup from Texas panning out because that was exactly what happened with Priest Holmes and Ricky Williams back in the day. Sorry to interrupt. I just thought that was too perfect not to mention. Bingo. Like that's, that's exactly what it is. And you, and you look at like uh, the Auburn duo uh, Cadillac and Ronnie, like we've seen it happen multiple times, multiple years uh, where do, but people don't, people don't like that. Right. It's like the, the, the Twitter data is like, well, you can't possibly have two running backs from the same school be good. Like that's completely unfeasible. Right. No, it, it actually, it, that's kind of how stuff works. Um, you know, when, when a guy's good, another running back I'll name is just uh, Aiden Borgay from Harvard. Uh, I think, you know, he, he plays a lot like Jalen Warren. It's probably a guy that's probably not going to get his name called um, when you're, when you're going on to probably day three, I, I, you know, seventh round, he had 36 bench reps, which is a combine a running back record. Um, Jake Witt offensive line. You mentioned him before. That's, that's like everybody's favorite guy when it comes to, um, 
comes to the offensive line. Um, Michael Wilson's a guy at the senior bowl that was dominant. He was, he was dominant as far as being efficient and being a pro's pro um, down there at the senior bowl. Receiver, really, right? From Stanford. Receiver, yeah, sorry. Receiver from Stanford. Um, going into the senior bowl, it was thought that Elijah Higgins was going to be the better Stanford guy. And it turns out actually in the middle of the senior bowl, he switched from wide receiver to tight end. And he's like 6'3", 235. And he kind of looked like a Devin Funches type guy. And he came in as a receiver and left as a tight end. It was kind of interesting. But Michael Wilson wow. ended up being the better guy. And he's cracked my top 10 at the wide receiver position uh, as well. Uh, oh, I can't say his name very well. I just call him Olu Oluwatami from Michigan. Played center down there at the Senior Bowl. Great week. Great week. Well, I, I think he, he was one of the best offensive linemen down there. Him and Cody Mock. Cody Mock. So that's two names for you on the offensive line. Olu Oluwatami from Michigan, play center. And then Cody Mock, who's a five-tool guy, can play all five positions on the offensive line from North Dakota State. Used to be a tight end. Went to North Dakota State as a tight end and then moved to the offensive line. And uh, they literally played him left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, and right tackle at the Senior Bowl. And he did good in every single drill. So uh, I would say he's probably one of the guys that, that I'm highest on. Um, Keanu Benton. too tough, though. The name's too tough, man. I, I, I can't do it. Are you, are you, are you trying to kill me over here? I so finally learned Keanu Passanio, and then he goes to the Saints. Like, I can't do this. Give me Frank Clark back. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so Olu, those are some of the, the, the best names that are impossible to say is Olu, Olu Atami. And then on the defensive side, it's Adetamwa Adetabore from Northwestern. It's like these guys have some uh, Israel Abanacanda. Like, you can go off and off on these guys, but. Uh, also, last one I'll give you, it's a linebacker, Marty Mapu. He's a very athletic guy from Sac State. Uh, got hurt, I think he had a pec injury during the Senior Bowl. Had one practice the Senior Bowl and was dominant. And he's currently getting looked at as like a top uh, outside of the 100s. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah actually talked about him being a top 75 guy. He looked fantastic down there at the Senior Bowl. The, the linebacker crew entirely um, down in Mobile. Dayon Henley, um, it was just a, a good crop. But that's just, I don't know, I think I named off like six or seven names there. I think I'll just end it with this Darius Rush. I'll mention him just again because I think he's a guy that's getting completely overlooked, and I think there's a possibility he's a top 40 guy. Well, thank you so much. Again, that's Cody Carpentier from Player Profiler. Uh, if you're into fantasy, which I am, they have a, a ton of stuff they're doing over there. Uh, they have, what, the Breakout Finder app. You have uh, a bunch of tools on the website uh, and a variety of podcasts, basically almost every day of the week. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we've, we've kind of cranked it up a little bit as like the off season comes, people usually crank down on podcasts. Now we're like, nah, how about we uh, crank it up to like uh, 28 shows in the library? So yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, adding more and more shows. Uh, it seems like every week, um, but yeah, everything else is on playerprofile.com. Uh, the NFL draft section has draft order, has uh, my big board, has mocks, has all that stuff. And then uh, we have a ton of packages. If you're a fantasy football savant, you like uh, rankings, dynasty, it's all there for you. Everything's a player profiler. Well, thanks for joining us. Have fun there in Kansas City and definitely get you uh, some gates, some Q39. Have the full barbecue uh, barbecue experience. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. Gates, I think is the uh, I think that's the move. But uh, I might have to go for that Will Levis, that Arthur Bryant's, that Will Levis. I think that might, that might be the comp for that one. <laughs> Unlike these quarterbacks, any of the four will work out. Hey, I, okay, deal, deal. I Thanks appreciate you guys. Thanks for joining Thanks, us, man. Appreciate it. Um, I want to hit one comment before we move on to the defensive side of the ball. Um, 
I see this over here. Marcelino in the chat says positional value at running back isn't down, nor has the team ever won without a great running game. Uh, just there are a plethora of great running backs every year. Wide receiver be the next position this will happen to. Uh, I disagree with a lot of what you said, and I agree with what a lot of you said. I think wide receivers will be the next position that it happens to, but saying that a, a team has never won without a great running game is asinine. We just saw the Chiefs win with a seventh rounder and Jarek McKinnon who's been passed around. Like 30-year-old what? journeyman. And then Damian Williams, too. And then, you know, the year before, uh, the – Los Angeles Rams almost lost the Super Bowl because of their running game because they wouldn't go away from it. They had uh, 19 yards on 30 carries. Yeah. So you have, you have Cam Akers on one leg. You have uh, Daryl Henderson, who's no good. You have whatever was left of Sonny Michelle And Sean McVay, I swear to God, if they would have lost that game, the storyline would have been, why did he keep running? Yeah. He would have been... Uh, we look at Sean McVay, totally, totally different. I still do. That game made me think so different about his ability as a offensive minded genius. I'm sitting here going, that's a genius running for 1.2 yards a carry. Spare me. But on the other hand, Odell Beckham goes down. Van Jefferson gives them nothing. And he still finds ways to get Cooper cup open. So, you know, Cooper Cup shows. I, I think he and Errol, Aaron Donald single-handedly won that game, or I guess double-handedly. <laughs> um, but you know, Cooper Cup took over. Uh, I, I just think wide receiver is such a an important position. It can be transformational for a quarterback. You see what AJ Brown did for Jalen Hurts before the season. People are talking about will Philly use that extra round, uh, extra first round pick to trade up and get a quarterback? Then AJ Brown arrives and he's an MVP candidate. Same thing happened with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. So, yeah. and I, I have a hunch that a similar thing might happen with DJ Moore and Justin Fields in Chicago. It's possible. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate the comment. I, I, I do agree. I, I, I've been actually with you in, in agreeing that wide receiver is going to be the next position where we see it get watered down because there is so much talent at that position. Uh, but it's not going to get to the, to the, the, state like running backs it's just not because you have more wide receivers and it's a pass happy league until the game reverts back to teams running the rock as a primary source of moving the ball um i don't see it happening to the same extent but let's move on talk about the defense you and i were going through our list we were talking about draft crushes and no projected top 20 picks allowed we did the offense in the first segment before cody came on and he was outstanding but now it's time to talk about the defense. Best, what do you have? Very no, uh, very knowledgeable. Uh, welcome back to the Founders Club. Uh, Will McDonald from Iowa State, who he mentioned, who we talked about, and B.J. Ojolari uh, from LSU, who has See, a- no, no, too tough of a name. Will McDonald, I can pronounce. Frank Clark, I can pronounce. Ojolari. Will McDonald makes you want to sing like, sing like old McDonald had a farm or something. It's just if like- that a- farm has a lot of sacks on it, I'm all in. It might. And and the reason I like these two guys is we really need to inject our pass rush with some juice. Right now, it is all like, you know, Steve Spagnolo is trying to, to clone. I don't know if it's Justin Tuck or Tamba Hali, but all these guys look the same motor, strength, length, but not very toolsy, not very bendy. There's not a lot of speed. And I think in a weak edge class, and I say that relatively weak, like Will Anderson 
is, is not Miles Garrett. I think he is a sure thing, but he's probably the only sure thing in this draft class. Maybe Miles Murphy. Uh, so I think it's okay if, if you have a sub-package designated hitter that comes in and is one of the best pure pass rushers in the league and can't do much else. That's fine at 31. Is it fine at 15? Is it fine to trade up for? No, but I think uh, that is totally fine. And the reason I prefer McDonald is his freakishly long arms. It gives me a little bit more hope that he's a fit for Steve uh, Spagnolo and that he can grow into his frame a little bit more. I'm going to bring something up a little, I don't know if it's off topic or, or just going off of this, this route here. I've been, if you know me, a big fan of higher floor guys, even if it comes with a lower ceiling. And it seems like for the most part, Brett Veach has gone by that method. I think McCole Hardman uh, had less questions to an extent than DK Metcalf. Uh, I think Sky Moore, you knew what the floor is going to be. George Pickens, was he a me first guy? Uh, if you look at the draft history of Brett Veach, Legereus Sneed is the one home run, right? Especially as a fourth rounder. But what Brett Veach does so well is he hits a lot of singles and doubles. Nick Bolton, probably never going to make an all-pro, but he's a very good linebacker, right? Uh, George Karloff is probably not going to make an all-pro, but a very good linebacker. Creed Humphrey, you made the case for, but it's also the center position. That's a grand slam for the for the position, but picking, sure. the, picking a center in the second round, you need him to be that. Sure, but my point is, I think Brett Veach does a great job of understanding at least get a guy who can come on and perform, at least make an impact. That's what I think separates him and his drafts from other teams' drafts. He's not necessarily hit on these on superstars at wide receiver and edge, but he has a lot of contributors. But the one thing he's not gotten is edge. He's tried to swing big there. Tano Passanio was a big swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brilliant Speaks was a big swing. Mm. Um, Second worst pick of, of the Brett Beach era, I would yes. say. Uh, Kando was a relatively big swing that was based all on upside. The two guys he drafted at edge who had lower ceilings, but high floors, Carlottas and Dana are still on this team and still making an impact. But I will say the way this is currently constructed, I'm going against everything I just said, basically, and saying this particular draft I wouldn't mind taking a higher upside guy. You know what you have in Karloftis. You know what you have in Dana. You know what you have in Aminahu. If you truthfully believe they're going to uh, and add another veteran pass rusher, then this gives you some wiggle room. I'm out on Kando. I'm out on Malik Hearing. I- I'm not going to believe they're going to all of a sudden turn into superstars. But take a chance in the first round if you want. Take a chance on the higher upside guy. I think if there's ever a draft to do it, this is it because Brett Veach hits so many singles and doubles. That's all I'm going to say. No, I, I think it's a great kind of ad, ad lib tangent because you just nailed it. I believe that now that um, Patrick Mahomes' contract has kicked in, he knows that free agent free agency cannot be the answer to all their holes, to all their problems. So I think maybe you're seeing in the early rounds, not only going with safe players, but we joked on the radio the other night, like choir boys and milk drinkers. You're not seeing any more of these guys that they're, they're kind of uh, – potential personality conflicts or, or, or behavioral head cases. I see uh, me first guys. Like that's why right. I think DK Metcalf, you see him. He, he tends to be a me first guy. And I wonder if there's the same thing with George Pickens. You, you can't have that on this team. You can't have a dude. I remember vividly 
when DK Metcalf was in the playoffs with Seattle and Russell Wilson, uh, they weren't having a great offensive game. And DK Metcalf was pouting. He even had that little baby bib thing in his, his uh, the pacifier. And he, he's clamoring for the ball. And the next thing you do, the next play, Russell Wilson forces it to him, and it's an interception. You can't have those type of guys when you're built like the Kansas City Chiefs. No, I agree. And I, I think what Brett Beach is doing is he's going a little safer in the earlier rounds and, and taking some shots later on. So this next guy, Robert Beale Jr. of Georgia. So he's a lot like Will McDonald and, and B.J. Ojolari. Uh, but a one thing we're seeing with the Georgia players is there's a talent log jam that slowed their development. I mean, even Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis have, pro- have problems getting on the field as much as you'd want to see them. Uh, he has an otherworldly 4.440 time, long arms. Again, I think he's a discount version of those other guys that you might be able to get in round five. And if they are not sure about how adding some speed and and juice into their their kind of high motor power pass rush, that might be a more stomachable uh, trial balloon for them. Defensive tackle, Jervon Dexter of Florida. My first note is just kaiju. You know what a kaiju is? So a kaiju is like, have you ever seen the movie? It's basically Godzilla. Have you ever seen Pacific Rim? So you've got like this intergalactic portal in the bottom of the ocean that these huge monsters as tall as buildings, uh, they come out. And, you know, they, they wreak havoc on Hawaii or Japan. Best, or what, best. Does that sound like a, a movie it, or a show I've watched? No, it doesn't. You and it, I have played it, that game of spot the fake. We have. If we have. it's not, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I, I had a feeling, but but I, I just really, when I saw him play, I'm like, this guy is a kaiju. That's how I feel about Chris Jones. Like, you almost have to construct a giant robot to stop him. He's got an, uh, an enormous wingspan, durable. I don't think he missed a game can eat double teams. Uh, he's kind of a Javon Kinlaw clone from out in, in, in San Francisco. So there's a lot to like there. He's not a perfect player. Uh, he's got some rough edges to his game, but I like him a lot. And I, I'm really worried. There's a lot of heat behind this Maisie Smith train. I really do not want the chiefs to draft a defensive tackle in the first round. I just don't think it's worth it. Uh, unless they're like an elite pass rusher. Uh, like Chris Jones is, the premium value isn't there in the first round. I would wait for a guy like this a little later. Before we go on to cornerback, uh, last thing on defensive line, I see it in the chat. Thanks for reminding me, Jeremy. Uh, Mizzou defensive lineman could be a mid-round special. Elijah McGuire's. I'm assuming who you're thinking of. Probably Isaiah McGuire? Round. I thought it was Elijah. I think it's Isaiah. And And – a Am I pet- that wrong? I went to Mizzou. A pet peeve on Isaiah. Can we pick one? It is Isaiah McGuire. What did I say? Elijah? Yeah. I, I, I've wow. seen, I think there was a player named Elijah McGuire, maybe a running back, something like that. Um, he played for the Jets or something. Maybe yeah, even yeah. maybe even had a cup of coffee in Kansas City. Someone in the chat, correct us for wrong there. But uh, can we pick one way to spell Isaiah? Because I've seen about four different ways and I'm, I still cannot spell Isaiah Pacheco's name right. I mean, the Pacheco is no problem. The Isaiah gets me every, every time. I still, is it, is it I-S-I, 
a h is that how you do it <laughs> it gets me too man uh but i like mcguire uh, i went to mizzou i got to see him up close in in person he flashes a lot uh him and jeff coat were the real defensive stalwarts for mizzou mizzou had a great defense this year i mean they were really good as bad as they were overall offensively uh defensively they were very good and they held georgia i mean they they fought tooth and nail with how good georgia was that was georgia's toughest game all season long is based on the point differential i mean it was back and forth um i like mcguire probably around the third or fourth round the chiefs do have two fourth round draft picks if he's there in the fourth i would snag him up in a heartbeat and I think he's a guy that Spags is going to love. Joe Cullen probably too. I would describe him as like a Kirkland brand Miles Murphy. If you like Miles Murphy, but you, you don't want to trade up to, to get him because uh, the, the edge out of Clemson, he probably at the latest will fall to like 25. I don't think he's going to make it there. So if you want a similar guy later, Isaiah McGuire. Let's move on to cornerback. That is the last position we're looking at. I stuck with mid uh, to late round guys here. No first rounders, probably no second rounders either because they took uh, McDuffie last year, which is kind of out of character for them. And they're so good at unearthing these kind of late round gems on day three. Uh, We've seen it time and time again. So the first one is Corey Trice of Purdue. Uh, Dane Brugler called him a king-sized athlete. So you know that's kind of like right down our alley. Not a technician per se, but could be a perfect press corner. And that's the theme of these three guys. They are they are boundary guys. They have size. They can play press. I think that's what we're going to be looking for. Uh, Jalen Jones of Texas A&M is my next guy. Big and physical. Nice ball skills. Uh, can play the boundary. But he also has safety reps. And some people are thinking he's a safety. Is he a safety? Is he, is he a corner? Can he play in the slot? Who does that sound like coming out of college? Legarius. Yeah. So he's got some Sneed vibes. And uh, when I watched him play, when I read up on him, I, I kind of got that feeling. And then the last guy. So last year, they had um, two mid to late uh, round cornerbacks on uh, top 30 visits, right? They had uh, Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. Both ended up in, in Kansas City. So there's a kid out of Western Kentucky, Khalif Halasi. I think I'm getting that right. Halasi. Uh, he's not very, he's not. <laughs> yeah, tough, tough. If you see the way it's spelled, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty brutal. Uh, he's not very refined but he's longer than the DMV line is how I would describe him. Whoa, he's pause. Just... <laughs> Phrasing. Uh, to which he has some dog in him. Uh, I, I really like, he's just a fun player to watch. He, uh, he's got a lot of swag out there. And I would, if he's there late, I think he's the player that I'm like, okay, I, I'm convinced the Chiefs are going to pick this guy. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if they don't because – I think they have their their kind of targets late and and they go up and get them. I mean, it wasn't a secret last year that Joshua Williams was almost certainly going to be a chief, right? Yeah, I love that pick. That was one that I was very high on when they drafted. Uh, Carl Loftus and Joshua Williams are two of the guys. I was like, all right, let's ride. I, I, am, I am thrilled with both of these dudes. 
two guys I actually looked at before that I was hoping Let's that ride. you should you, you can't, you can't, you can't say that anymore. Uh, good point. It's uh, tainted. Before we get out of here, want to point something out. I did a uh, cool sit-down interview with Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr. this morning down at Union Station. Kind of a 60-minute style uh, interview. It was a lot of fun doing it with them. That should be posted on Stacking the Box, uh, part of Fansided. Hopefully later on today. If not, it will be posted tomorrow. So keep a lookout for that if you're intrigued. Uh, in general, if you like Stacking the Box, we would love a follow if you like more NFL talk. Uh, it, it's me, Ian McMillan, Reed Wallach. We've been doing a lot of fun talking NFL in general. I will also be at the draft tomorrow, uh, Friday, potentially Saturday, just depending on what the vibe is feeling like, as well as the weather. Um, but I'll be there with Patrick Allen. So if you want to follow me on Twitter and see what's going on, I'll try and have up-to-date info for everyone. It's at HomestretchKC. If you're part of the Discord channel, I'll be posting as much as I possibly can, sending some pictures, doing all that great stuff in there. We will also be going to Casey Bierko at some point. Some point. So you will find out. Uh, and number two, if you are part of the Discord channel, guess what's going on after this? Happy hour, baby. Happy hour. What I'm going to do right. right after this, crack open a beer, get some more water, rock a piss, and we're going to talk more Chiefs football. Yeah, and I also have you covered for the draft. Uh, one of my goals is to, as soon as these guys are picked, start writing up shorts and and, and putting them on our YouTube channel, on our TikTok, uh, maybe even on our Twitter, just to give you guys kind of that um, view from 30,000 uh, 30, feet above. And uh, I know everyone's, once we have a new chief, you're just clamoring for, for, you know, insatiable, every bit of information you can get on that. I mean, I, I want to know where he went to, to junior high, you know what I mean? So uh, we will have that for you. Any, any closing predictions or final thoughts for tomorrow? Chiefs trade up. And I'm going to stick with it. I, the Chiefs are trading up, and I'm still going Darnell Wright. I'm going to be a buffoon. It's not going to happen, but I'm going to say Darnell Wright, and I'm going to say to either Derek Hall or Cedric Tillman in the second round. Gotcha. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a trade for an existing player. You know, someone like Brandon Ayuk. It could happen with DeAndre Hopkins. Chase Young. It, these are all these are all possibilities. I know that nobody loves a first round pick gone wrong more than our own Brett Veach. That is kind of his his kink, if you will. So uh, I really want to see Jonathan Mingo go to us in the second. That would you know that would have me running through walls. But uh, I think we're at the point with Brett Veach where we've seen him learn from his mistakes. He's been on a, a two-year heater. So I think we have to trust the process, right? T-T-P. All right, guys. We will uh, see you this weekend for the draft. And until next Wacky Wednesday, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.